Amen. So I just want to give a testimony a little bit, start that way. Uh, probably many of you have never heard my testimony before. I, I, I kind of, so I want to start with that. But um, let me begin by saying that uh, way back, because I'm like 61 years old, so way back. <laughs> this is, this is um, when they had screen doors on submarines. Way back. <laughs> a long time ago. No, no. <laughs> in a land far away. <laughs> I was living in California. And um, living in California, I um, was kind of in some issues and having some problems uh, with drugs and different things and actually was um, selling them to kind of keep my income going. And I lived right on the ocean, so I was surfing and selling drugs. And um, I was on the bus um, coming from Huntington Beach to back to San Clemente, California. I lived in San Clemente. And uh, I should have had some pictures. I had like, I really had hair. <laughs> and it was like really curly. Like my hair was like, like Brittany's. My hair was almost like yours, Brittany, but it was really curly and long. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm coming back um, because my car had broke down on the, on the bus. And I meet, meet this guy. He's got a backpack on. And he looks like he's a world traveler. And I was sitting on the end and I moved over because I was, and I said, come on, sit down. And I, and I started talking to him. And he was from Australia. And he says, I'm traveling in the United States and just backpacking. I said, well, you need probably need a shower. And, and where are you going? And I says, if you jump off the bus in, in San Clemente, you come over to my house, I'll give you a meal. And you can shower at my house and stay as long as you want and use it as a place if you want to see this area. So he stayed a couple days. And I found out that this is a radical, on-fire Christian. He begins to prophesy into my life. And he begins to tell me that I'm going to be used by God. And I'm like, yeah, man, okay, that's wow, cool. <laughs> but he started to touch me. And then he says, you're going to go back to Michigan. And you're going to get your wife there in Michigan. And God's going to put you in the ministry. I'm like, all right. So he leaves. A few days pass, I'm back to doing what I normally do and he comes I'm home he comes knocking on the door and he says you didn't leave yet I want you to understand that God wants you to leave and go back to Michigan now and he says here's a couple hundred bucks and I he says you won't use it for drugs you're going to use it to travel back to Michigan and uh, and by the way I didn't I used it to travel back to Michigan I didn't use it so that night there was a 5.5 I think earthquake I've never been in an earthquake before and it's like a train coming, and it's like shook me out of bed. And I run outside, and I'm looking around, and it's shaking outside. And I heard God say, you need to leave. <laughs> so, of course, you know, I kind of started packing up and got my stuff together. And just before I left, Deb's sister calls me. They're in California. Come and have lunch with us, or dinner, actually, with us and her husband. They're by the way, Christians, radical Christians. They invite me into their house. I kind of tell them a little bit about the story with all my still slang words that I use. And they, and they say, well, we have a job for you when you get back to Michigan. And we want to um, work with you on some things. Anyway, I get back to Michigan. They have a job for me. I go to their house to get set up, and there's my honey. <laughs> and when our eyes met again, because I've known her before, 
It's like, there's my wife. Wasn't it like that? I went home and told my brother that I'm getting married to Deb. You know, and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've heard all your stuff before. But, uh, <laughs> really. So, anyway, Bob and Barb take me to a Bill Gothard workshop, and I get saved, and I get radically on fire, and then I get born again, and I, and I was like, whoa, all my drug addiction and stuff was just falling off, and things were changing radically, and man, I found my sweetheart, and, and things started happening. Anyway, get saved, and God right away puts us into, you're going to have home fellowships, home church groups in your home, and you're going to teach the Bible. Well, I don't know the Bible that well. I was raised a Catholic, so I'm in this super studying of the Bible all the time. I mean, I was in the Bible, come on, you know, hours and hours every day. It was like I couldn't get enough of the Word of God, and I was just being saturated by God in the Word. And then I would got this job where I'd have to take a bus to, to Detroit from my house, so I got to read the Bible all the way there and all the way back every single day that I worked, except when I was witnessing to people and getting people saved on the bus. And we opened up our house, and people started coming in, and we began to teach the Word of God, and things started happening. We were baptizing people in, bath, in the bathtub, <laughs> and just it was just crazy. You know, we had 40 or 50 people in this little house, and then we had another house close by, so we'd have the kids go to that house. Now, Amy, this works. We had the kids all go to the other house, like, you're, like you guys do, and they would have kids' church there, and then we'd have all the adults in the other house, and, so, and it worked really well. And so we had this home church thing going. But then God said, you're moving up into the Frankfurt area. And I was like, really? <laughs> I mean, things are going pretty good. I, actually, I got a really good job. I was, like, making big bucks at, at the federal courts, and I was kind of like a kind of group. I, the Lord just went, Shoo, and I went way up into an area that I was, and the Lord says, you're going to quit your job. So I walk into the place, and I say, I'm going to quit my job first. I, of course, I got my permission first. <laughs> and uh, we're going to move off all of our children up into this area without a job. So we walked away from all of that. And... Um, Oh, is that my phone? No, that's yours. <laughs> so we then move up into this area, um, get involved in a, in a church where we then become the youth pastors. Uh, we did that for a while. Needed a Christian school in the area, so we started a Christian school. Became the high school teacher and principal of the Christian school. We had 56 students the one year in the school. Most of them were in the 8th through 12th, and a lot of them were. That's my youth. So my youth group is cool. We actually had, Jody, a um, thing called a Bible quiz. It was different back then, where we go from church to church. Um, but basically, same, same thing. We were teaching the kids Bible quiz, and things were going great. Except one day we had this evangelist in the church, and this thing happened because we were not spirit-filled church. The Holy Spirit fell. Here we are in a Baptist church. The Holy Spirit falls. Sunday, you know how Baptists are, Sunday night service. You know, you can hear their watches going off. Back then, people had watches that had alarms in them. And so you'd hear the watches going off like, Pastor, you better be done because the pot roast is like going to burn. 
and the watches are going off, but something radical happens. The, the preacher's over here praying with a group of people who are wailing and crying in the spirit. Spontaneous song begins to take place. People are getting saved all over the place, just crying out for God on their faces. I've never seen anything like this in a Baptist church. And God shows up big time. I have two of the youth get born again again, I thought, but actually they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they're speaking in tongues in the Baptist church. And, and as you know, that's the outward sign. So we got tongues going on. Now here's what happened is like most of the deacons weren't there. And this just went on for hours and hours. I thought somebody would be calling people to get in here because like God is like here. You could feel him. And wasn't, I mean, it was so cool. I never had been into something like that prior where it was just so you could touch God. It was so thick, the glory. And this went on late into the evening and late into the night. Nobody leading the service. The pastor's on his face crying. The evangelist is just ministering all over the place, and spontaneity just is happening in the Holy Spirit. Well, uh, just a couple days after that, the deacons got the pastor and I together and said, you're both fired. Because this is not, you know, you guys went off the deep end. So, <laughs> so, so I did get fired for something in my life. I know I had to admit that, I think, to the, to the assemblies. They said, have you ever been fired from anything? So we go to a... And by the way, the church it was the main supporter of the school. So the school support falls. We, only had, we had started out with six pastors working with us. By the time we were done, we only had two. So we turned that over to the two that were still working for us, and that, church, that school went into a church school. Went over to another church, became the youth pastors there, and we're on fire. The youth group is growing. Things are happening. But this pastor kind of was having some issues with, I'm not going to use this word. Well, I use it. Demonized deacon board. And they were getting upset with him because they brought these radical people into his church. And the, church, and the kids are growing and things are happening. And we don't want our church upset. And we want the us for no more mentality. So that fat pastor was fired. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like, maybe I better not be doing this. And so we go back to home fellowships, having home fellowships in our home over on Bear Lake and bringing people into our house and having home church. I, I said, there's something more. There's something deeper. We need to be associated with a church, which then led us here. And we got associated with, with the, the group here. And you guys most know you know, what's happened since then. That's um, That pastor then, I loved life groups, so I was on them all the time. We got to have, I called them home groups. And so he let me do that, you know, the former pastor. But um, And so we kind of got into leadership here at this church. The, the pastor got called to something, another church. And uh, before he left, I think he, he says this, he'll say this and I'll say it now afterward. He kind of stayed maybe longer than, God was calling him, so we kind of, things were kind of going like this because God was like trying to, you're supposed to move on. <laughs> and so when, when we took over, um, I was on the deacon board, and they says, well, the other deacon says, well, you fill the pulpit. And uh, because I was filling the pulpit already for the former pastor, 
you fill the pulpit, and we'll look for a pastor. Well, as I filled the pulpit, the Lord was showing me, like, there's, there's something more that's going to happen. And the deacons then came to me and says, would you be the pastor here? So that's how I ended up being the pastor here. Um, so that's got us to that point. But something was bigger than that because I, there's, God began to show me things. He says, you need to start putting pieces of the puzzle together because there's going to be a great revival in this church. And great things are going to happen in Cornerstone. He began to show me things like people flying into Traverse City Airport. I, revival happening. Missionaries coming here to get refreshed. I saw revival bigger than that one at, at that other church. I won't mention the name. Taking place in this church. And he says, you need to start putting a team together to, to, for this. Well, the first team member was the worship leader. We had to get a worship leader. Of course, there's an obvious choice. That was easy. <laughs> But then we needed a youth leader, and we needed a youth pastor. So, but Danny and Josie are down in Lansing hanging out with Dr. Dave and that group, you know. Where are they at? Are they with the kids? Oh, there's Denny. So I knew it was Denny and Josie coming back, but how do you tell them you need to stop your, your schooling to become a pastor and get up here and be a pastor? I couldn't do that. He had to be moved by God. So then the deacon board was like, you know, how can I tell the deacon board? I want my son and law and daughter. So the deacon board then began to ask, without me ever asking them, we need to get Denny back. Denny's been born and raised in this church. Matter of fact, when Josie walked in the first time, she was like, oh. Because <laughs> he was up here playing bass guitar. <laughs> It was like that. <laughs> and Elisa was coming too, and she was like, and it was like, no, he's mine, no, he's mine. <laughs> um, so they come back, second part of the puzzle gets fixed, and you know what's been happening with the youth. So now that piece of the puzzle. The third piece of the puzzle was Lynette was running the children's church, and I knew that she was doing a great job, but she was saying that God's got her going in a, somewhere else. In the meantime, we had to get our children's church with the, the right person in the right place. And I kind of knew who it was, but I had to wait because that person had to go through, th through some grieving process first. But Lynette then was able to pass the baton to Tammy. So now we've got Amy as our worship leader. I mean, come, come on, we got the best worship team in this area. We got Denny as... Come on, the youth pastor, they're the best youth pastor in the area. And you got Tammy running the children's church, the best children's. So we've got those ministries done. So now it's, a, it's, it's getting into a beginning of 2015, and the Lord says, by the way, you need to bring in an administrator and someone who's going to assume the senior pastor role. And you've got to do it soon. And so I says, well, who is it, Lord? And I'm not, not getting the answer right away. And then he gives me the answer. So then I go to the person <laughs> and say, you're supposed to be the administrator here and eventually the senior pastor at Cornerstone Assembly of God. And she looked at me and said, <laughs> come on, what did you say? I mean, 
She's already the pastor at, at uh, Marshall Assembly. She's already God. She's already there. But the Lord was saying, no, that piece of the puzzle has to come together, and I'll take care of that. So I, I knew who it was. So I even went to Dennis, and I says, you know, your, your daughter's going to be the pastor at Cornerstone Assembly of God one day. And that was when we were walking out of a, I don't know where it was, but he kind of almost did the same thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> so here she is with her family. <laughs> And then the Lord's saying, what I want you to do next is you're going to retire as a senior pastor someday, but you're going to stay here. And I'm thinking, how do you stay here and retire as a senior pastor without stepping on the other pastor's toes? But the Lord was showing me that I will be staying here and part of the leadership here. So, you know, it's like, come on, Lord, these are like impossible things. All these things are impossible. And he's like, yeah, but nothing's impossible with me. So um, that brought, brought us to this time. By the way, in between there, um, I had gotten some tumors on my liver, and the, the doctors were real concerned. And, and, you know, it was like, this is not good. But, again, miraculous healing. God says, no, I'm not done with you. So we kind of come through that. And, you know, when God's driving the vehicle, because a vehicle is a picture of ministry, but when God's not driving it, when God is in the vehicle, and he's the one that we're chauffeuring around, taking him to wherever he wants to go, it really works. Matter of fact, Jesus said it this way, when, I, when you lift me up, I will bring all men unto you. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the chairman of the board of this church, and that God is being taken wherever he wants to go. And when we walk in that way, it is so cool. Matter of fact, I probably told you this story before, but I'll tell you again. And how many of you know this new pope loves to drive? He has his own car and everything, right? So he's got his own car. So he come, flies into the United States, and they got this big, giant stretch limo waiting for him. And so what he does is he's never driven one of those. So he goes to the, to the chauffeur and says, can I drive this vehicle? And, you know, what's the chauffeur going to say to the pope? Okay, you can drive. So the chauffeur gets in the back. The, the Pope is now driving down the expressway. Well, he doesn't know what the speed limit is. You know, he gets pulled over. He's kind of going a little fast. So the Pope now is pulled over by this state trooper. The state trooper sees who's driving and looks in the back, goes back to his chief, and he says, Chief, I got a problem. I got a problem. And the chief says, well, what's the problem? He says, I got somebody really big, 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 big in this vehicle. I don't know what to do. And the chief says, well, is it like the governor? And the state trooper says, no, bigger. Is it the president? No, bigger. And the chief says, well, who is it? So the state trooper says, I think it's God. Because I, it, he's got the pope driving for him. You know, and sometimes we got to allow God in our car to be the one who's kind of driving us where to go, amen? We do. And sometimes it's not about who gets to drive. It's about God directing us where to go. Today on the way here, I was, we were driving and 
in the car, and I'm thinking about, man, whew, a lot going on today. And here comes, and the girls that we picked up, they know, they were there. Here's an eagle. I said, that's an eagle, that's an eagle. Well, no, it's one of those black things. It's, it's, no, it's an eagle, it's an eagle. You know, because sometimes how the vultures look like eagles, and there is this eagle, like low, wasn't it low? It was low. And it was like circling. It went over the road and was on the side of the road. We could see it plain as day. And now all of a sudden, here comes this other eagle. Right low, right in front of us. And I said, wow, that's a sign from God that when we come together, there's more power in it. At the beauty of seeing those two eagles, it was like majestic together. And I really believe that the majestic thing of God is when his body comes together in unity. And when you see more than one kind of soaring together like that, like those eagles, that's what he's made us for, is to soar together and become one with him. Um, one more um, one more story because I just wanted to share this with you. I shared it Thursday, and I think Betty was the one who originally shared it, but the story does fit. Um, this This gentleman was coming in from golfing, and here he is in the big center where, you know, they, they come in after the after they're golfing, and there's a table there, and all the guys are there, and ladies, and people around, and here's this phone on the table, and it's ringing, so the guy goes over and picks it up, and he accidentally hits the speaker, so the lady on the other side says, hey, hon, I'm at the store, and that Nice fur coat is on sale for $2,000. Can I have it? Okay. <laughs> then she says, I went by the car dealership again, and that Mercedes that we always wanted now is on sale. Please, please, can I have it? He said, Only $200,000. Okay. <laughs> now he's got the attention of everybody around him because the speaker's going, everybody's listening. Then, the lady says, by the way, that house I've been dreaming of, I've been really dreaming of it, it's back on the market, only 2.1 million. The guy says, well, offer 2 million, but okay. And the lady says, thank you, honey. Hangs up the phone, the guy puts the phone back on the table, and he says, whose phone was that anyway? <laughs> Sometimes decisions are easy, you know, when, when they're... When you don't have much interest in it, but you know, I've got a big decision that I, I've made, and I wanted to share with you all, and it's it's gonna not change the church at all. But I'm going to retire as the lead pastor in at the end of January. I'm still going to be in the church, and I'm still going to be part of the church. And actually, uh, the deacons and Pastor Brenda asked me to stay on as an associate, and so I'll be. You won't see much difference. Basically, what I see is God's moving this church, and Jesus Christ is the CEO. And so to bring us to the place of revival, I will retire as a senior pastor come January. And what we'll do, and this is what I've seen from God, what the deacons are seeing from God, and what Pastor Brenda's seeing from God, is we want to then allow Pastor Brenda to kind of take over the reins as a senior pastor starting tomorrow, actually today, kind of fill in them as the interim pastor. And then you guys would vote on if you agree with what I and the deacons see, as, as well as Pastor Brenda. 
on November the 22nd that Pastor Brenda would then become the senior pastor. I would go to an associate position. The same team would be involved. And to you all, it would probably be seamless. So that's what I, my vision is. That's what the deacon's vision is, and that's what Pastor Brenda's vision is. And we want to, of course, then get our... So we went to our district, Jeff Halavin, and we shared this with them. And the district is for us. They love it. Matter of fact, Jeff Halavin, the district manager, manager, district uh, superintendent, said that, you know, when it's time that after you vote and after you retire, can I come up, because he loves our area, can I come up and do a message? And he won't pick on you, Steve. He promised me he won't do that. Last time he was giving Steve a hard time and using him as all his examples. But the, so the district superintendent is on board. So we do, as a church, in the Assemblies of God, would have to vote on this on, on November 22nd. So we want, there's no plan B. The deacons will write, there'll be a letter here read, um, read to you in a moment. But I really believe this, the deacons really believe this, and Pastor Brenda really believes it, and the leadership has already been shared, the different leaders of the different things. Deborah believes it, that to take us to the next level, this is what we need to do. So... That's what I wanted to share with you today, and I'd like to have Steve then come up and just read a letter from the deacons so that you know that the deacons are on board with this. So. Oh, and you can have all the, all the deacons come on up. Oh, Tom's in the back doing children's ministry, isn't he? And Dave's back there, but you still got to come. <laughs> and Pastor Brenda, do you want to... Hold on a second. Before you are, let's get you a mic. I don't want to do that one. All right. It's kind of funny. Um, I was, Vicki and I were down in Chattanooga last weekend, and I got a voicemail on my phone, and I called back. It was about 9.30, and and it was from Dave. And he says, hey, he says, can you uh, do the uh, special offerings for the pastors this morning? I go, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and he says, well, you're our spokesman. I go, well, I'm not there, so, and I'm not going to be there. So, But anyways, this morning I am privileged to read you this letter, and, uh, and it's, uh, it was put together by all our, all our uh, deacons here. And so, um, Tom, come on up here, because <laughs> you're one of us. But um, anyways... Um, the Board of Cornerstone Assembly has been working closely with Pastor Neil and Pastor Brenda these last few months anticipating this day. The decision to bring Pastor Brenda on back in March was also based on the knowledge that this day was in our near future. Since she has been here, we've seen an amazing acceptance of her leadership from the current staff and the congregation. And we believe that God is directing us now for the next step to to continued growth. With the blessing and consent of our district superintendent, the board would like to officially announce our candidate for senior pastor to be Pastor Brenda Maurer. Pastor Brenda will run as interim senior pastor beginning tomorrow until a special meeting held on November 
22nd, immediately following the service that morning, where we will have an official vote to elect Pastor Brenda as a senior pastor from all our current members in good standing. During this period, Pastor Brenda has created a budget and revised and a revised the current staff with approval of the board. The plan for revising the staff includes hiring Pastor Neal as the assist, associate pastor who will oversee the Christian education, life groups, care ministry, and prayer ministry, also keeping him on the board as an elder. And I want, uh, I looked up in our constitution, um, and one thing that we have um, different, there is a difference between a deacon and an elder. Uh, Pastor Neil will sit on as an elder, but um, he will not be able to vote. So that's the difference between an elder and a deacon. So, and then we will also be adding Tammy Crock as Pastor Brenda's administrative assistant and giving Pastor Denny an assistant to the tech ministry, which will be Karina, and an assistant worship leader to Amy, which will be her sister, Crystal. And the uh, church also will be open now on Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. till noon, all those four days. And then uh, Pastor Neil has built a strong foundation here at the church, and we believe the revised staff, which includes his leadership, will help make this a seamless transition that will position us to love more, reach more, and teach more. We realize that there will be changes and may even be some <clears throat> growing pains, but if we continue to keep the Great Commission to go and make disciples as our focus and do our part in the body of Christ, the kingdom of God will continue to advance in Benzie County, and God will receive all the glory here at Cornerstone Assembly of God. This is officially submitted by the Board of Cornerstone Assembly of God. So, um, and Pastor Neil uh, went into some of the time fr time frame, excuse me, but um, so w we will be having that special meeting on November 22nd, right after the service, to vote on Pastor Brenda. And I don't. Uh, quite a few of you have been here through other pastor changes, and that's how the Assembly God does it. We pick one candidate, and that's the only one we look at. So, um, Pastor Brenda is our candidate. <laughs> and then on uh, November 29th, there'll be a retirement party for Pastor Neil and Deborah following the service. And We're not I'm, going anywhere. Nope. <laughs> Just a party. Just a party. We just like to party here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then um, as the earliest he could come, uh, the district superintendent, is on January 21st, January 31st, excuse me. And he will uh, preach an installment service, and there will be a celebration to follow that service. And I think that's about it. Hmm. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, girls, guys. As far as you all, the, the, it's probably, again, we'll say it again, it'll be seamless. It's, it's good because we need this type of growth. We need to move into full-time um, folks in, in the church. And 
as the church begins to grow, we need that type of organization. And I won't get into all the details about Pastor Brenda. You all know her enough, but her administrative skills are outstanding. Her skills with working with youth are outstanding. Her skills with working in the sound booth and the, and the different things. She's got connections and ideas that are just outstanding that are going to take us to that next level. So it's really cool. I'm excited about what God's doing. And whether you like it or not, you still got me. So, so it's, it's good. It's good. By the way, most pastors are in churches for 3.6 years and then they go. And the Lord showed me this before I even accepted the position that you cannot let what happens happens in most assemblies churches and most churches. You got a pastor that's there 3.6 or 4 or 5 or even 6 years. It's their vision, their dream. They leave. A year and a half later, you finally get another pastor. They begin to pick up the pieces and start all over. And it's, they have their own vision and their own dream. And churches just seem to go through this over and over and over again. And I say, revival needs to be sustained. That is not right. We need to build from within a system that continues to be seamless and moving in the right direction. And that's what this is. Um, and it's not our vision anyway. I mean, I know Pastor Dave will say that to you because he's like Paul. He says, follow, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But it's never the pastor's dream. It's Jesus' dream. Amen. It's never the pastor's commission. It's the great commission. And if we're following Jesus Christ as the chairman of the board in this place, and if we're following the great commission of Jesus Christ, come on, we can continue to grow we're not going to do this. We're going that way for Christ. Amen? Amen. And that's why there is no plan B. We did not set up a plan B. Well, what if this happens, that happens? We're not going with that. We're going this way in God. Amen? Amen. Well, we've got the uh, communion, so we're going to transition smoothly into communion. What a better thing to do at this time to show unity and communion with, with each other and with uh, the body of Christ is to have the communion service. So if I could have the deacons again come forward and disperse the elements of communion, that would be great. And I'm going to read some scriptures to you in the area of, uh, of unity. Communion is a picture of unity, and it's a picture of us becoming united with one with Jesus Christ. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. This is my body, this is my blood, do this in remembrance of me. He said to do this because he wanted us to see the picture of oneness. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Come on, there's only one Holy Spirit. Thank you. And we've got to understand and know that. I'm going to read something out of John chapter, I wonder if I got it in my notes. John chapter 17. If everybody can turn, to, well, you got your hands full. Don't turn there. I'll read it to you. John chapter 17. Matter of fact, I should have put this one on the board, but that's okay. You don't have to do it unless you can get it up quick. John chapter 17. I'm going to actually start at verse 20 and go through there. Jesus is saying, look it. This is what's important to me. So he's praying to the Father just before he goes to the cross in front of the 12. And this is happening at the table, around the table, during the communion time. And this is what he's saying out loud so they hear it. 
And he begins to pray this prayer. I do not pray for these alone. This is uh, verse 20 of John chapter 17. So he's not praying just for them, but also for those who will believe in me through the, wor- through the word. So he's saying, I'm going to be praying. This prayer is for everybody that it comes to me through the word of God. Everybody that's been born again, here's the prayer that Jesus is praying for you. So for you today, it's very relevant. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be one in us, and that the world may believe that you have sent me. His whole purpose of coming is saying, I'm going to make them one with me. I'm going to make them one with you, just like you and I are one. Unity, oneness with Jesus. And he continues to pray. The glory which you gave me, I also have given them. Hallelujah. We've been given the glory, amen? That they may be one, just as we are one. Again, that unity. I in them, I got one, thanks. So I in them, Jesus in us, and you in me, the Father in Jesus, that they may be made perfect in one. Where does our perfection come? When we're walking in unity and we're one with each other, one is a body of Christ and one body with the head, Jesus Christ. So our perfection, our completeness, comes when we're one with him. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you, you have loved me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Father, I desire that they also, whom that they, that who, let me start over getting choked up a little bit. <clears throat> Father, I desire... Oh, I've got one. Thanks. I'll take two, though. You know, two is better than one, right? I know uh, the other... Uh, I got two. Hallelujah. It's like the two eagles are better than one. Two of us are better than one. Father, I declare that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these also have known you, and they see me. Let that word just sink in. We have seen Jesus because we've seen our brother and our sister, and he's here. To go to the next level, to go to where we need to go in Christ, we need to be seeing Jesus being lifted up, and he's the one who's going to draw all men unto him. And that's why he wants us to remember and do these things as a memory of him. Amen? So let's partake of the broken body of Christ and the blood of Christ. Father, we just proclaim your unity to become one with you, your broken body. We just thank you for your broken body. Your body was broken so that our body would not be so that we would have life. Thank you for your broken body. Your blood was shed, not only for the remission of sin, but to make us one with you. And this is a picture, your blood intermingling with our blood, unity and oneness with you. Let's partake of the Hallelujah.
I'll partake again. Someone said that in the prayer room. I think it was Crystal said the double, double anointing today, double dose. Thank you, Lord, for the communion with you. I did say that at the end of the service, we're going to pray. I do believe not only is there a healing anointing in this place, and I know that there's already been some prayer requests. So if Amy, if you can come and play the keyboard um, quietly, we're going to have a time of prayer at the altar. Um, also, I want you to celebrate what, what just we just took place today. I don't want you to think that that somehow this is going to be some big change. And then also, here's where the enemy plays. Don't go there. Well, who are they to tell me what to do? If you start thinking like that, remember who's telling you that. This has been prayed through for years. Years. Literally on our faces before the king of the universe in prayer and fasting. This is not some willy-nilly, let's get up there and make a decision. With all of our heart, all of us that are involved believe that this is where God's going. And with the love that we have for this body and for this church and for Jesus Christ himself, we believe that we're on board with where he's going and that he's in the car. We may not be the Pope, but he's in the car and he's directing us on where to go. Amen. Those, I would like to have the prayer team come up because there's a healing anointing in this place. I know um, um, a sh- there's a shoulder, is it a, a left shoulder? Left shoulder that's going to be um, healed today. Rotator cuff. You know, I was, I had an operation in one shoulder, right shoulder, which I shouldn't have done, but I did it. The left shoulder needed an operation. That one was prayed for and was healed miraculously. So coming forward. And, and uh, if we can have the prayer team begin to pray there. I don't know if there's other issues or prayers needed for different things physically and spiritually. But come forward. Is there somebody here that has um, their left side, a left, their left side maybe in the rib area? I'm feeling that right now. That's why I'm calling that out. What's that? It's Tony? Okay. So Tony has um, his side or stomach right here. Um, let's just wait for a moment. I know that I, the healing's in the house. Healing's in the house. Spiritually speaking, you may need some answers to prayer. Tony, do you have your stomach hurts and then the left side more than the right there? Yeah, that's the left side. They're going to pray for you right now. Is that okay? Get with this group over here. Somebody spiritually um, is just struggling. Um, it's And I, I don't want to, I will say it, it's depression and anxiety. And I don't want you to come up here running right now because I don't want to call you out. But I want you to get prayed for today because Jesus is the answer to that. Let me just, is it okay if I walk in this for a few moments, if we stay here for a minute? I just want to make sure that the Lord is showing me all the, I know there's a couple of you here that are having issues with who you are and your identity and some folks have said some hurtful things to you 
and you don't not handle it and you've been thinking about it way too much. The love of God is on you and I want you to know that God loves you so much that he actually died in your place and that you have to focus on that. And I want you to come up and for prayer for that right now. Because they did. And I'm just going to now ask you, anybody that just wants some prayer for anything that God answers prayer, amen. This is a prayer answering church. We believe that God is so big that there's not one issue that he can't answer. And we are his conduits. Are, I look at it this way. I get to be plugged into Jesus or God, and I get to plug somebody else in. God does all. I'm just a cord that runs to them. All the power is in him. But that cord works, and you need to get plugged in. And I believe right now that you get you will get plugged into Jesus, amen, and he will answer prayer. God is a prayer answering God. So I'm going to call up those, anybody that just wants prayer for any reason, come on up. The rest of you, this has been a great service. This has been a great time. Just proclaim the name of Jesus. Have fun today in Jesus. You are not on this earth by mistake at this time in this place, and you're not in this church by mistake at this time in this place. There's great and mighty things that God has for you individually and when you come together individually, corporately, exceedingly abundantly above wherever you've been or wherever you're gone, whatever you can think of, whatever you dream of. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Be blessed.